Welcome to our Monday Scramble podcast. I'm Matt Adams, joined by Ryan Lavner and Rex Hoggard, senior writers for GolfChannel.com. Gents, thank you very much for a few moments of your time today. We have a lot to go through in the time that is before us. First of all, the United States Ryder Cup team. Let's run through it. Number one, Dustin Johnson. Surprise, surprise. Number two, Jordan Spieth. Surprise. Number three, Phil Mickelson. Number four, Patrick Reed. Number five, Jimmy Walker. Number six is Brooks Kepka. Seven, Brad Snedeker. And eight, Zach Johnson holds on. Your reactions? Well, to me, guys, it looks like a lot of the, the same. I mean, this is supposed to be the new look U.S. Ryder Cup team. Things are going to be different this time. But only one rookie played his way onto this team, at least through the automatic qualifiers, and that's Brooks Kepka, who has had a terrific season and kind of battled some injuries and still locked down one of those spots. I don't know. This just feels like a lot of the same that we've been used to, and I'd like to see Davis now, when we start to get in these four captain's picks, go outside the box a little bit, bring in some new blood. I'm going to pick blood. you up on that in just a moment and where we go from here. But what's your reaction, Rex, to, to what we have with those eight? I, I see what you're saying about more of the same. Only one rookie. I think it's the first time the U.S. team has only had one rookie since 99. So it's, it's not a lot of turnover. It's probably not what we were expecting. I think Brooks is going to be a great addition to that team. But I will say it's sort of the skeleton of the team that we've seen coming for a little while now. I mean, Patrick Reed, three and a half points you know, two years ago. I think he's going to be a great addition. Jimmy Walker was a bit of a surprise simply because he hadn't done anything until the PGA Championship. But I think all of these guys fit in very, very well. It just depends on where we go from here. I, I think all of them are right where they want to be with their game, maybe with the exception of Zach Johnson, who clearly was a little rattled going into the Barclays, didn't want to fall out of that top automatic qualifying spot. But I, I like the team, to be quite frank with you. When you compare it head-to-head -head against the European team, I know we say this every single time on paper, but you have to look at the U.S. team and you like what you see. And I think we all wanted this to look like a different team, but the fact it of the matter is those to. guys just haven't played well enough to earn a spot on the team while these quote-unquote veterans have. I'd love to see a Justin Thomas on the team. I'd love to see these young players break through and get on the team. Evan Kisner would have been seventh in points seventh had the fall counted. And, that would have shaken And that's a problem up. with the, the, the task force in the PGA of America. You're going to have to look at that because Kevin Kisner would have been close. Kevin Na would have been, what, Justin 12 Thomas, or Kevin so? Na would have been very, very close. All of these guys, you don't know how they're going to play when they get to the Ryder Cup, but certainly you have to consider what they did in the fall. I mean, they're still I, tournaments. I don't, I don't, yeah, there's still tournaments. I don't know. Look, we could have this exact same conversation about the European team. I mean, you, if they counted, Russell Knox's, Russell Knox. Russell Knox's WGC we're, we're, win we're does not count. Save it. This no, is all but, good stuff. No, I see what you're saying. To, but to Ryan's point about the team, in fairness, though, the comparison we're making now is to Glenn Eagles. It's to the last team. If Which you was an outright disaster. But if you go back farther than that, farther than those two years, you'd see a considerable difference in the makeup of the team because you've got guys like Jordan who are coming back for second one. Patrick is coming back for second. Jimmy Brooks, as we said, is new. So the, it who is a different Would you trade mix. out for any of those eight guys would be my, my response. Jimmy Walker played well at Glenn. He did. Jimmy I mean, Walker played He was played one of the well. highlights of that team. There weren't many highlights. But you look at Jimmy Patrick Walker's body of, body of work this year, I'm not sure it stands up. You probably do have to put a major champion on the team. I understand that. I'm not saying he should be off, but... Who do you trade now? Zach Johnson. For whom? I'd like to see a Justin Thomas. I'd love to see a... Oh, uh, but, but, uh, going down that road again. Rex just yeah, asked me, did. Matt. These are the ground rules. All right, let's, let's find out what Davis Love III had to say at his Ryder Cup press conference as to where we go from here. Well, there's a lot of things to measure. I think one of the best questions somebody asked me when we were trying to make a decision on picks in 2012, it's a, is it easier for that guy to stay hot or for that other guy to get hot? 
And I think guys that get hot these next two weeks are who we're looking at. And we were joking coming up here yesterday, like, who, we're getting all these questions now. Is this guy on your radar? Is that guy on your radar? Well, anybody in the top 100 has got to be on our radar because a guy could get hot the next two weeks, move himself into the tour championship, and be in the running for the FedEx Cup, and I get to pick him on Sunday night. So we don't really know. I mean, a guy could move up 60, 70 spots this week, you know, by winning. And all of a sudden, he's, you know, we call it the Billy Horschel rule um, for Sunday night after the tour championship. You know, if somebody gets hot, Billy Horschel wins the FedEx Cup again, we can take him. And I think we're kind of confused a little bit as assistants. How, does it, how is this going to work? You know, we have two weeks. We pick three. I'm used to calling people after I make the picks. I don't really have to call anybody but the three that make it. Then I have an awkward two weeks of how do you handle these guys. So um, it's going to be interesting. We have a lot of factors to look at past performance all the way back to uh, they were talking about Russell Knox this morning, you know, winning HSBC. You got to factor that in there, don't you? I mean, he's, he's playing great. He's, what, 20th in the world. You got to give him credit for beating a great field over there. Same thing we have with like a Justin Thomas um, or a Jim Furyk who didn't play for, what, four months um, on our points. So there's a lot to look at. But making, filling holes, rounding out our team, you know, obviously, generically, you look at, at the European team, they need experience. You look at our team, we can, we can pick more rookies. We have a lot of experience. So, but there's a lot that goes into it. How much do you guys think, when you're listening to that cut from Davis Love III, that he's really looking at what's going to happen in the next week to two weeks versus having his mindset as he sits there right now? I mean, I think that was the whole point of the task force. I'd like to think, and, I, and you know, having conversations with Davis about this, I think he's going to use this time why it was why they put that cushion in there they, they want to make sure that they get the absolute best four players after the automatic qualifiers in fact we're pushing it to sunday night at east lake at two years ago that was unheard of it was well how are we going to get them fitted for the uniforms we, that would never work well now we've done it now you've a given little them, flexibility is a good thing yes now you've given them the best possible opportunity to, to pick the best team now this is a heart and head deal i'd like to think that he's going to you know i, I think it's interesting he mentioned you can go a little bit younger because he only has one rookie on his team he mentioned Justin Thomas first, all of these things that he you mentioned know. Jim Furyk for the umpire. He also time. mentioned Jim Furyk. So I don't know. Davis has proven himself in this particular capacity to be uh, a 9 through 12 guy. He, he likes the idea of, okay, they were 9 through 12. We should go with them. I'd like to think he's going to think outside the bubble. He's going to be a little bit more creative with his picks. I'll believe it when I see it. Well, will the bubble include the Bubba then? Bubba's 9, 10 is JB, 11 is Ricky Fowler, 12 is Matt Kuchar. Ryan, does he go 9 through 12? First of all, can we just say that we're a little bit confused? That should be like the tagline for U.S. Ryder Cup teams over the past two decades. <laughs> two years, man. That's, you that's can't certainly, be confused. There were a lot of that there were a certainly lot of stood out that. to me. Um, when I look at like the 9 through 13 or 14, there's a lot of similar players. Mm -hmm. So it would behoove Davis to not necessarily pick two of those guys. And by that, I mean, do you need a Furyk and a Kucher? They're basically the same guy. You know exactly what you're going to get out of them. They're probably going to be pretty good in a, force, in a, in a foursomes match. That's that kind of player. Do you really need Bubba and JB? They're basically the exact same player. So you can take one of those. I'd probably take Bubba. You can take one of the Kucher Furyks. I'd probably take Kucher, just he's played a little bit better so far, and Furyk's got so much scar tissue oh, in this metal. event. Bronze medal. No 58. And then you, can, then you can go into a Tony Finau type. You can go into a Justin Thomas type. So don't, don't load up 
on the guys who you already have. You know, you know what I mean? Like a, a Zach Johnson, a Jim like Furyk, and a Matt Kuchar. That's what impressed me the most. Those are the same guys. You think he's going to go to 25th? Unless Justin Thomas does something very creative, very impressive over the next two weeks, maybe the next three weeks, depending on the tour championship, you think he's going to drop all the way to 25th and make his pick? I don't think that's going to happen. What do you think? Oh, how, how is Justin Thomas 25th in points when he's 10th in FedEx Cup points? How does that? How is that math? Possible? I don't do the math. I, I'm not getting involved in the math. You just, I'm you just you mentioned the, the task force. Yeah, yeah, that's for the task force to decide. And again, we got into the whole fall. Now, Dave supposed a problem. But Dave supposedly your has. Is that. They don't. They're not counting the fall. They should count. But the fall. he supposedly has this unofficial points list, which leads me to believe he they does. factored in the fall standing. So Kevin not is higher. So Justin name, Thomas too. is higher. I think. Davis Love is looking as, as if Justin Thomas is 12th on that list. What about Ricky? I mean, Ricky's the interesting one. Uh, so, again, this is a head. It's not interesting. He's, hey. he's on the team. He's on the team. And, and, and look, my heart tells me he should be on the team. He played the Olympics. He went straight to Wyndham because he wanted to make the team. He's it, had three good chances to win. He just hasn't won. His to get on this team is proven. He wants to be on this team. He didn't get it done on Sunday. Mm. I mean, the fact is, he had an opportunity to. Three times this year, Rex. He hasn't he, got he, it done on Sunday. I think so it's four will times it be in his career. The team to put him on there. It, it, it's yes, hard to make because the he's a very good fit for a lot of the players. He around fits the team. with a lot of the players, but is he the best player going into these matches that you want on that team? Well, I'm, who are the better options? But he just well, told not a better us option. his formula is: I want the hottest players right now. So what does that mean? And he's trending in that so direction, if, but you still have to look at what he did on at Sunday. So, at so, if, so if Chris Kirk wins the Deutsche Bank Championship, does that mean he's more deserving than Ricky? Yes. That's the whole point of this system. It's the Billy Horschel rule. That's exactly what Billy Horschel. Just because did. you play well on September. Third, yes, does not mean you're going to play well on October first. It does not. It does That's not work why that I asked That's you guys the, the question: is he, is he truly going to stick to that path and that pattern, or does he already have in his mind Jim Furyk's on this team? He mentions him every time he speaks publicly. For example, Jim Furyk would already seem on this to team. be on the team based on how many times he's referenced what Jim Furyk would do on a normal year if he hadn't gotten hurt and missed four months. Jim Furyk would seem to be in the same boat as Ricky, where you put those guys safely on the team right now, today. I would tend to agree with that. I, All right, I, now we're down to two. Who are the I, other well, two? I, 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 don't, two I don't think he should, but I would tend to, knowing the way Davis thinks, I, yes. I think that's the Yeah, we're not, saying, we're, we're not all, saying we that should have to do with it. That leaves us two. Two of the final picks. Oh, you yeah. went with Ricky and, and Jim Furyk. Yeah. Well, I, I think he does go with Bubba and Matt at that point. Okay. To be quite frank with you. Unless, again, something could dramatically change over the next We could end up with a Billy Horton. And, and if that is the case, if Rex's scenario plays out, then you have 11 of 12 quote-unquote veterans or guys who have been on the team. Mm -hmm. So if you have the same players, you're basically going to get the same result. You, no? You think so. You think I, so. See, but That's again, I don't, I don't completely agree with that because the players are, a lot of these players are only one Ryder Cup in. Two of them. Jimmy Walker, Patrick Reed, certainly. You know what I mean? Uh, in terms of, in you could almost of say the same thing about Ricky Fowler, although Ricky Fowler has never won a Ryder Cup match. And again, everything in my heart he gets, tells me he, he should has be a on great team. match play reputation based on winning those four holes in a row in 2010. Yes. He's gotten a lot of traction off he's of that. He's gotten a lot. He's never won a Ryder Cup match. So let's do, look at this at face value. Do you guys think, on an on a associated subject, do you think that because they have, they, everyone keeps calling it the task force, it's officially called the Ryder Cup committee now, but do you think because he has that, that it takes any pressure off him in terms of performance this go-round? Saying that this is a group decision and not just him? Well, we pinned it every, completely every on way. the team. In that press conference, he started with, look, we have the eight qualifiers now. They need to decide. They need to step up going forward, decide who's going to be on the team, band together as a team, and make it happen. All right, now, on the European side, we are going to find out who Darren Clark is going to put on this team. And here's the interesting thing with that. 
he only has three picks. And it seems to me that he has more options as to who he wants to have on there with Rory and Danny Willett and Henrik Stenson, Chris Wood, Sergio Garcia, Rafael Cabrera-Bello, Justin Rose, Andy Sullivan, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. He has more options than he has space. He only has three. What do you do? Is it Thomas Peters? Is it Russell Knox? Is it Lee Westwood? Is it Martin Keimer? Is it Luke Donald? Where do we go? Matt, for some reason, we're even going to bring this up, but... William Hill, betting parlor in the UK, has suspended betting on who the Ryder Cup pick will be because Luke Donald's odds have dropped so dramatically over the past 20, 24 hours mm-hmm. that he's a virtual lock. How the heck is Luke Donald going to be on that team ahead of Salty a Russell language. Knox, ahead of a Thomas Peters, even ahead of a Shane Lowry or a Graham McDowell, who have done something. Well, how would you put him on year? ahead of it? There are three positions. Right. So if one of them goes to Luke Donald, are you saying Lee Westwood's another one? Lee Westwood's a given. You concur? You would, you would think so. And again, as hard as it is to get into Davis Love's head, I, I find it even more difficult to get to, into Darren Clark's head. You would think there, his relationship with Lee mm-hmm. and everything they've been through, he would be a lock. Yes. If somehow, if, if, these are, if William Hill suddenly knows something that we don't, and Luke Donald is the second one, that one is baffling to me. I'm not, I, I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. Because in my mind, it's Russell Knox decision. should be a, a, a lock. Considering, 20th ranked player in the world, Russell Knox. I still think he should be a lock, considering if they he count should, that victory yes. at the world. Yes. That's, how, can, I'm not, how can Thomas Peters possibly not be on that team? And well, that's, that's another thing. He has one. three European Tour wins in the last 12 months. No player has more over that span. He did everything you want to see over these past couple weeks. He finished fourth at the Olympics. He finished second last week at the Czech Masters. And then he goes out and he summons a great performance on Sunday. He shot 62 alongside Darren Clark in the first two rounds. Darren Clark knows the kind of player that Thomas Peters is. When was the last time a European Ryder Cup captain made a wrong pick? Let's go down that road. And Steven stay. Gallagher wasn't a great one. Well, I mean, you could sit here and say it was a bad pick, they, but they won the matches. You can say leaving Steven Paul, Gallagher didn't. Paul Casey was. getting left off the team by uh, Colin Montgomery in 2010. That was a bad pick. You can say it was a bad pick. They still won the matches, man. I Wasn't mean, he eighth in the world at the time? That was a bad pick. I think he was sixth in the yeah, world. But if you win, it's hard to... Uh, it's hard to right. sit here and pick them apart. We don't Monday morning quarterback the losing captain. And look, the whole point of the captain's picks is these guys can, can set out their team how they see fit. So if Darren Clark wants to go that direction, fine. It's our job to say that it's a good pick or a bad pick, and there's no way to justify Luke Donald. Hasn't won since 2013. Yeah. Has just one top 25 since mid-April. I have an easier time with Lee Westwood. Hasn't played so a Ryder Cup. Lee Westwood's automatic. It, Lee Westwood so Thomas Peters is automatic. Yeah. If they Martin are Keimer's two of the three, the question is who is that third? Martin Keimer's the third one. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can he's go a, either he's way. He's actually played well this year. He's played seven, well this year. Seven it, top it was a teams. weird year for him. He lost his PGA Tour membership. He moved back home. He wanted to focus on, on, on not just being on the European Ryder Cup team, but also playing in the Olympics. It was very important to him. But I still think that Darren's got some major issues with his team. I mean, Henrik Stinson withdrawing last week from the Barclays. Any news on that, on the knee? This, this is the knee he had operated on in same December. Knee, yeah. Same knee that caused him to withdraw from the U.S. Open, too. And the Cutter Masters to start the season. So it's been an ongoing issue for him. And keep in mind, Henrik, when Henrik's rested and happy, he is pretty much unbeatable, as we saw at Royal Troon. When he's tired and grumpy, he does not want to be at the golf course. We have seen it time and time again. And look, he is one of the best interviews in the business. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. But in Rio, he was grumpy. You could just tell. As bad as he wanted to be there, his body wasn't cooperating with him. What about Rory? Rory's got bigger issues. Well, I, Rory's is not, it's certainly not physical. It seems like it's, it's upstairs with the, uh, the 
with, with the noggin. I mean, the, the putter change going from Nike to Scotty Cameron, that certainly wasn't the fix. I mean, going from a blade to a mouth, it's just not the total fix for him. 77th in putting of the 79 players who made the cut at the Barclays. Just a disaster. And I don't the think there's a quick fix. There mean, is. Look, I, unfortunately for Rory, there is not going to be a quick fix this time around. He's not going to be able to turn this around in a week or two. He's going to make the team. He's going to go out there and try his hardest, but he's not going to be the guy we saw at Medina that showed up late and was the hero. Rory needs Sunday months afternoon. with a Dave Stockton type to yeah. get his putting back on track. I don't think he's going to be the he's same player confidence. by the time you get to Hazeltine. You can't, you can't find your confidence overnight. That's going to take some time. Interesting indeed. Of course, we're in the middle of the playoffs now, marching on to the Deutsche Bank Championship at TPC Boston. Any thoughts, any reaction to who's got in and who didn't get into the 100 as we carry on? Frankly, I don't really care about this top 100. There's, there's nothing to be gained by, by playing another event Tell me. in Boston. I, I, honestly, I just don't care. <laughs> but Sean O'Hare, I thought, was a really good story coming out of the Barclays. He was, what, 108th, I believe? That's correct. Heading into, this, heading into the playoff opener. Jumped all the way to 15th. I mean, that's a sizable jump of, of 93 places that we're talking about. He really hadn't done much of anything. He had, a, I think, three or four consecutive missed cuts heading in here, played okay at the Wyndham. So Sean O'Hare is certainly a guy now who, if he can continue to play well, maybe he has another top 20 at Boston. You're looking at a guy who can get to the Tour Championship and get to the Masters, and that's a pretty cool deal. It's surprising to me the guy that just popped up on the board, Shane Lara. This is a guy that probably could have won the U.S. Open just a few weeks ago. and Should have won the U.S. Open. Should have won the U.S. Open. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think Dustin Johnson. He had a four-shot lead. He should have won the U.S. Open. Dustin was going to be difficult to beat, with or without the penalty, let's be honest. But he had an opportunity to win the U.S. Open. And for him, that's like herding cats. What, what he's getting at with Shane Lowry is he chooses to play in Europe yes. to try to get on. And it backfires. And it backfires. And it backfires in both ways. He's not going to make the European Ryder Cup team, and he's not going to make the FedEx Cup playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough decision for him to make. I mean, look, he has a job going into next year. I mean, he was in the top 125, so he's got that going for him. But you're talking about a guy that was really one round away from being a major champion, and suddenly he's not making it to the Dutch Bank. That's pretty surprising. Yeah, indeed. That, that is the question. Winner well. of Firestone last year, too. Very good. Yeah, the famous shot at him with the tree. Of course. Who could, who could forget? <laughs> who could forget? I Sorry. Who could forget this? It was 20 years ago, the Hello World debut of Tiger Woods. What's our takeaway two decades later? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to see uh, another Hello World moment from Tiger. I mean, are we going to – is he done? What's that's, the next that's chapter? Really the, is that what you're getting? That's, that's really the big question for me. But, Rex, I know you've, you've been covering him virtually his, his entire career, almost 20 years. I, I hopped in a decade later, but for you, it, it extends almost two decades. No, here. I remember, you know, 96 when he comes out and does the Hello World moment. He didn't play great in Milwaukee. I mean, let's finish. I think he finished 60? five to seven. Greater Milwaukee yeah, 70, Open. 60? Yeah, and so that was the interesting part. He ends up winning in Vegas a few weeks later, yeah. and then I was a general assignment cub reporter at the Orlando Sentinel, and my job that week, his first Disney tournament, was to do nothing but follow Tiger Woods for the entire week. I mean, everything he did, I cataloged. How many bananas he ate. Uh, I was in the wrong spot once when he actually went to the bathroom. This so was at the Disney a lot of things. You were in the bathroom when he was going to the bathroom? Yeah, I was kind of turning a corner there on the old Magnolia course, and he was heading in the other direction. It was a quite an awkward moment. But it was, I mean, to sit and watch and to, and to see the fan reaction, and, and it, it was amazing right from the start that he was, he was special. There was something about him that just drew people that weren't as interested in golf before that to the golf course, and you could immediately tell it. You know what's interesting about Tiger? That's the first place I saw him play, too, was at the Disney, Disney event where I was, was following. But what's interesting about Tiger is so many times in sport we're, in advance, given nothing but hype. 
and the hyperbole gets to, to a, a point where it's just not met with the reality. Tiger is an athlete that actually delivered. The hello world he delivered on, when we look back on it all these years later, I think that probably for me would be the takeaway. It, instead of trying to, to look into the myths of the future and, and predict where he's going, we can look at what he did in the past and say, you know what? He did what he told us he would do, whether, whether he verbalized it or whether his father verbalized it or whether he did it through expectation. He did deliver. Very few things in life exceed your expectations. Yeah. Let's be honest. In golf specifically, Augusta National always exceeds your expectations. You, you walk on property and it's better than you imagined. <laughs> Tiger Woods exceeded everyone's expectations. Maybe not his own, maybe not Earl, his father's expectations. Maybe but not our expectations for him. Well, and, After and, a while, and it got it's to always be hard. And it set this unfair standard going forward for everyone That's else. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just it's this ridiculous standard that everyone now is being compared to to Tiger Woods. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau is the perfect example. And it's just a completely unrealistic expectations put on these other players because everything Tiger did was exactly what he said he was going to do, exactly what you knew he was going to do. But to Ryan's point, he also set a standard for himself. Oh, yeah. That we all expected until 2009 and all the events that unfolded since that time. 2013, actually. I, I would say 2013 when he wins five times. Yeah, but I mean, really I'm talking last. about major championships. Yeah. We thought that he was going to challenge and suppress Jack because of the rate that he True. was at. No, absolutely. But, but now there's a, there's a what's wrong with Jordan. There's a what's wrong with Roy. There's a what's wrong with Jason. Try saying that three times fast. Mm -hmm. if, you, if these guys have three or four bad tournaments, and that's all because of Tiger. Because Tiger didn't take three or four he tournaments, he didn't have them off. So we're conditioned to having these superstars, these world number ones, be these extraordinary players who are just robots. And they come out and they win seven times, and they have top 15s, top 20s, every single time they tee it up, even with their C game. It's just not realistic anymore, but he's kind of readjusted that standard for, for, everybody, in for everybody. And I always love that, you know, over the last couple of years, everyone, well, what's wrong with Rory? And he, he, Rory has a very distinct ebb and flow to his yeah. career where he would have just this fantastic year where he'd win the U.S. Open by eight strokes, and then he'd drop off the next season and struggle a little bit, then another fantastic year. And if you play that out over 20 years, that's a pretty heck damn of good. a career. Yeah. I mean, now when you sit and look, and now granted, he's dealing with his putting issues right There's now. more concerning signs now. There are, but I, you still, he has that body of work. And I think at some point he finally he gets back up on the upward trend. I would say the same thing about Jordan. Hasn't, hasn't Jordan been saying the entire year, boy, if I have a, have a two-win season, I contend in a couple majors, if I do that for the next 20, 25 years, Unbelievable it's going to be an incredible career, probably one of the best all time. Yeah. And it, it, so, I mean, look at Phil's career. I mean, and the only thing is he played during the Tiger Woods era. Ernie Els, you make the same argument, that these guys are the, the best of all time if it's not for Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods was that much better than them. Deutsche Bank Championship this week on Golf Channel and on CBS. I should be there, won't I'll you? I'll be there. Norton. I love Norton. Omega European Masters a lot of, a lot for things to do, the European Tour. Anyway, I'm going to Sox game. Is, are they home? They are. Who are they playing? Who are they playing? I don't know that. I have to look that up. Manual Life LPGA Classic this week for the LPGA, the Shaw Charity Classic for the PGA Tour champions. Rex Hoggard, Ryan Lavner, thank you very much, gents, for joining us. What I is didn't that? Get a is that your silver medal? That's my participation silver medal. medal. Participation medal. I didn't, so I was doing the, the Justin Rose thing. Everybody got a participation medal. That was great. That's Rex, Rex may or may not have come home with Zika, so that's still an ongoing uh, developing situation. We will follow that very, very well, closely. Thank you. I'm not going to chew yeah, on it I don't want to after you. Thank you very much for that, though. And for that story about following Tiger into the men's room. <laughs> it was awkward, but, uh, you know, that was my job for the week. So. It was throwing. Following him in the right. men's room. That's Very much throwing. It was a port of John. This is going to be an off-camera discussion. Ryan, thank you for your time.
As always, Matt. Rex, as ever, thank you, my friend. Thank you, folks. We'll see you later on.